My name is Fraser. My name is Mark. And we are the hosts of the geekiest show alive. To the outside world, we're ordinary geeks. But in the fab international studios, we talk comics and find other geeks just like us. This is Geek of the Week. Welcome to Geek of the Week. This is issue 41. I'm your regular host, Mark. And I've got a very special guest host with me today. Hello, Alex Cupid. Sup, guys? I'm absolutely honoured to be here. Well, before we do your interview questions, tell us a little bit about Alex Cupid. Who is Alex Cupid? You've put me on the spot. You've, you've I have. Done, you, you've done this. You've actually done this. Um, I should have really thought about this. Alex Cupid, professional wrestler, spoken word lyricist, slash poet. Um, mental health advocate. There we go. They're three pretty good things. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media and stuff? Uh, I hate Twitter for passion. I do have an account, but um, I mainly am on Instagram, which is at I am Alex Cupid because I need to remember who I am. So that's at <laughs> I am Alex Cupid. And uh, I'm on Facebook as well. If you type in the Prince of Hearts Alex Cupid, you will find my stuff. All of us. Uh, you see, you are significantly younger than me. I, I like Twitter because it's nice and simple, but Instagram scares me and I'm not very good with it. I'm, I'm the opposite. Twitter scares me. I hate, I hate Twitter so much. I think it might be a generational thing, you young whippersnapper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really afraid of Twitter because just like snide comments all over the place while in the circles that, that I frequent. See, so. I don't tend to see that, but I tend to just go, on Twitter to self-promote. <laughs> there we go. So I'm like, I don't need to self-promote that much on Twitter. For my own sanity, I don't need to. Mm, fair enough. Now, we have got your three, the classic Geek of the Week questions, and they're all pretty meaty. So let's go straight into it with Geek Origin. What first got you into comics? Um, I am a very big Marvel fan, and... I was very much out of the loop of comics for a very long time until I saw the first Captain America movie. That was the first Avenger. And okay, then right. one of my friends was like, I have the, the Ultimates, the, like, the entire like, set of Ultimates, so you can borrow them if you want. Um, that was a very long time ago, and I've just looked to my right, and they're still here in my house. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I borrowed them for a very long time. Um, so That's I, I, very naughty. Yeah. I actually saw him yesterday as well, and he completely forgot. So yeah, I read through uh, the Ultimates, and like with that, I got given the Simpsons comics as well, which right. like, they should be terrible, but they're actually quite fun. And, yeah, they really are. Yeah, the, the, um, the Rick and Morty ones are excellent as well. Ooh, I didn't. Yeah, they are Rick and Morty comics. Yeah, they are. Um, they're really so good. I've just been like reading through them. My my comics uh, knowledge. Is very bland and very basic, so I've just been given like a stack of DC comics. And like, mm -hmm. one, I got given um, the maker of the Joker a few weeks back, right? And uh, I'm gonna have to start reading that one. I've also got Watchmen, which I need to start. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful book. You definitely should read that. And I've been given quite a lot of manga recently as well. I've been given loads of things because I've mentioned that I'm not very up to date on comics and manga so i've been throwing a lot i'm just like 
guys, I'm a teacher. <laughs> and, now <everyone's, laughs> and now everyone's telling me, oh, it's summer now, you have to read them. Guys, yeah, that's right. You've got six you know, weeks off, mate. No excuse. Guys, I'm a professional wrestler. <laughs> like, like yeah. my summer is taken up, you know. Um, but then I'm, I'm taking one book with me. So um, I finished Death Note, and that was fun. Oh, I loved Death Note. Um, so I'm going to take one comic with me everywhere I go and finish that comic on my train journeys and car journeys mm. and just hope for the best. But yeah, what got me into it was definitely um, the first Avenger. And then from there, I bumped into Deadpool. <laughs> so right. I, I, my next Amazon purchases is probably going to be a whole of Deadpool comics because he is an excellent character, in my opinion. Yeah, um, try Deadpool versus... Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. That's marvellous. Ooh. It was... Um... It was a limited series, only four issues, so it's like a super thin book, but it's great fun. And it's so blunt and very savage and very adult. <laughs> I, I, I love, that's why I love Deadpool, because like he just appeals to the, um, the immature, the very much immature side of me, but also the dark humor side of me as well at the same time. Yeah. Like the Deadpool movie, I thought was really well done. Both yeah, of them. Was, so um, was, I'm very happy with it. it. Was, as far as I'm concerned, that's the, the only good X-Men film we've had for years, the, the, the Deadpool stuff. Yeah. So were you not into comics as a kid then? Um, again, like very like briefly, like I had a few DC comics lying around in my house. So I had them, but I was more collecting them rather than reading them because they were still in like the plastic. I saw them now in my room. They're, they're in the huh. plastic film. So like my older brother was like, you're never going to read them. I was like, okay, I guess I'm never going to read them. So, like, I have them, I've collected them, but I never actually opened up and read them. So I have, like, a Superman, I have um, a Green Lantern, I think, and a few others, like, original, like, um, random, like, issue, like, not, like, issue one and issue 11, so not even in order, like, random ones. Right. um, I'd love to to be able to tell you that they're probably worth something, but they're, they're probably not. <laughs> no, uh, I, I collected comics in the '90s when I was growing up, and in the thousands, I went to sell them because I didn't think I was going to get back into comics, which turns out was not the case at all. Um, and I tr- went to sell them, and I thought I was going to make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds. They were all basically worthless, which is really sad. And comic books just don't retain their value, which in the '90s everyone thought was the exact opposite. And yeah. You'd 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 have like a gold mine of comics to sell, and that's that that probably isn't the case with what you've got. I don't think. Yeah, I see. I'm sorry. I, I don't really know. What, I I guess because a lot of them have been reprinted now, mm-hmm. so there's no and like a lot of things are available online now. So like nothing really retains its value anymore. The only thing that really retains its value from like I guess geek culture is old school video games. Yeah. And and even then, it can be some old some old school video games are worth lots and lots and lots, and others they were just massively, massively printed, and they're not. It, it's basically potluck. I don't yeah. think there. I, I don't think there's any way to. And, and isn't that a cynical way to collect things? Should you not just be collecting things because you like them and you want to enjoy them? Yeah, like I I collect the um, old school Dragon Ball Z games. So like. Oh, like, right. super, like I have a, I don't even know what console it is, but when I was in um, Japan, I just bought three different Dragon Ball Z games. I barely know what console they they actually run on, but I have them. 
I've never seen Alice in I, I don't play them. I just have them in the plastic sealed. So I, <laughs> I'm never going to play them. And like, it's really bad because I decided that I'm going to become a minimalist, which means I have to really consider what I'm going to do with them. So they might end up becoming gifts for people who love Dragon Ball Z as much as I do. But, yeah. <laughs> minimalist, that sounds interesting. What, why, why, why minimalist? Um, I'm looking around my room at right now and I have so much things I've never used, but I say, oh, I'll keep. Like, I don't know why I have the X-Men, um, X-Men animated series, season one, volume one and DVD. I, I don't know why I have it because I have the entire box set collection at my cousin's house. I don't need season one, volume one. <laughs> like, I, no. have, I have three different copies of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is an inside joke between me and a group of friends. Um, I have probably like, only need one. I don't think I need any of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I have like random discs thrown around everywhere. I have just like weights around the room or passports, uh, a crutch, um, books I don't <laughs> need. Like a kendo stick is in my bedroom. Like I, I don't like I don't need any of this stuff. Like probably not. And it's taking up space and collecting dust. And it makes my room look really cluttered. I'm bringing back what well, anyone, like be it a lovely man or a lovely woman, I sort of want my, my room to look decent, you know? Like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It is very hard to throw away stuff, particularly when it's stuff that you've actively collected. But maybe... And, and, and I, I only recently started, because of this show, basically, recently started collecting um, single issues. I don't know whether I'm going to keep hold of them or not. But I really like them, and they're pretty, and they're cool. And But I, I don't know how likely I am to read them again. If you keep them in, like, something where they don't take up a lot of space, then that's mm. great. But, like, I'm looking around. I have some, like, wires and things like that in my room. Like, I, I'm not going to need a wire for a mouse that's broken like probably um, not yeah like but, but i have that i'm not gonna need like adhd medication from two years ago like you could oh. probably sell that that's probably worth something <laughs> I, I i mean this is a family-friendly show i don't advocate selling on of drugs prescription drugs i don't advocate that at all whoops i i i, I you know maybe <laughs> I'm gonna put them on maybe pile. I'll just contact my uh, my road men friends. But um... <laughs> shall we move on to Mount Rushmore before we get ourselves into more trouble? Oh, definitely. So, Mount Rushmore. What four characters would be on your comic book Mount Rushmore? We've got a sculptor. He's ready to go. Who is he sculpting for Alex Cupid? Um, Captain America goes on there. That makes perfect sense. Got you back into comics. Good. Yep. Captain America goes on there, uh, also because he is just... I love the uber-masculinity of Captain America as well. Mm. That's, like, that is just... Ins- I love his outfit, his... Uh, everything about Captain America screams such a... Like, he's, he's a John Cena in my eyes. He, he is very kind of John Cena, yes. <laughs> so he, he's front and centre. On that flip note, Superman wouldn't be anywhere near my Mount Rushmore. Okay. I have never liked Superman because I feel like he is just... I, I've never really found an appeal to him, if you get what I mean. So, I, like, I struggle yeah. with Superman. Um, sometimes I find he works very well 
almost as a supporting character for other for other major characters like he works very well with batman for example yeah but um i i no i i don't enjoy superman comics very much either i'm gonna throw in scott pilgrim okay good and I'm going for Scott Pilgrim because I read the comic series when I was going through a breakup and it was stupidly emotional how like how cathartic it was to read that series. And watching the film as well just made it ten times yeah. better. It, it like this isn't um quality wise, I'm not gonna be like, Oh, this is my Mount Rushmore, but for me, my Mount Rushmore is based on like what I what I'm loving. And Scott Pilgrim was really like um that, that poor sculpture. <laughs> um, yeah, is, yeah. Is, I, I, you know, it's very much a connection with it. Cool. Uh, okay, so we've got Scott Pilgrim. Who else would you put up? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm going to throw Deadpool on there as well for that very same reason. Right. Mainly down to like again, who I have like like connection with as well. Like, people who I um. Because the reason why I love Deadpool's because I pretty much fell in love with Deadpool when I got diagnosed with ADHD and Deadpool right. pretty much as a character is that like, <laughs> so I'm just like it's me and like it's like a weird represent like representation of yourself that's what Deadpool feels like a lot of the time and I feel like okay. you get a lot I feel like you get a lot of 17 year old boys saying that nowadays but hey why not um so yeah Deadpool Scott Pilgrim and Captain America the last one and I got, I'm a, t- I'm tossed up to three different choices here. It's, it's so tough, isn't it? I really yeah. struggled with it when we, when we did it. But um, yeah, you, you have, we've only got, we've only paid for this sculptor to do four, so you have to pick. But you can discuss which one with me if you want. Um, I'm gonna. Why I'm, I wanted to pick Nick Fury. Okay. Um, mainly because I just love Samuel Jackson's portrayal of him in the movies, but also in the comics. He's very much it. I wouldn't say he's to the point straight up the same, but I just love how he's the guy that brings everyone together. Right. And he, he has he has no like crazy amounts of powers either. He's just a guy, but he brings and controls all of these egos, like Iron Man, Captain America. It's really it's like what a general manager he is, you know? Like right, yeah, that makes <laughs> right. <laughs> um, another toss up is Wolverine. Right. Because, Jesus, he's just, what a man. What a man Logan is, eh? He's badass. Yeah, he's just straight up, like, from from every single form of media, even the movies of his that suck, he still comes out looking brilliant. True. Like, he, he never looks awful. So, that is such a reliable thing, I'm thinking... He, he never lets anyone down because he always, all of his representations, he always looks good. Another right. one I was tossed up thinking about putting is the Hulk. Because the Hulk okay. on paper is a brute guy, but then he also is two different people with Bruce Banner and then the Hulk. But then the story of the Hulk in different comics, like um, the Ultimates, where he pretty much goes on a massive killing spree, killing innocent people. Yeah. And it's such an emotional story because you, you feel sorry for the Hulk, but then you're also like, he's just killed lots of people. So like the toss up between all of those two characters, such like different story arcs as well. 
They're three really good choices. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I told you it wouldn't be easy. Oh, Alex, um, I'm going to have to push you. you. Imagine the countdowns, the countdowns um, theme tune going on behind us. I'm going to go with the Incredible Hulk. Why not? Okay. Yep. Right. So we've got Incredible Hulk. Um, then we've got Captain America, Deadpool, yep. and Scott Pilgrim. Right. Yep. What? A, I feel so sorry for that sculpture. He's like, I hate this. I hate my job now. <laughs> like, yeah. He. He's had a, he's had a tough job over the last the last few issues where we've asked people, and um, yeah, he's he's had a, he's very good at his job though, you know. So uh, I, I I'm I'm pretty sure we're gonna with that's 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 a pretty good Mount Rushmore. Good choices. And your last one is dream TV show. What would be your dream TV show based on a comic book? Who would you cast in the main roles? Um, I really wanted a Hawkeye TV show. But then, what happened? Mm. <laughs> we got a whole... Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. We're so spoiled at the moment. Maybe I need to change this question. Yeah, because everything in the TV show. Um, I also want a low-key TV show, but hmm. Um... <laughs> it's like they're reading your mind. Yep. Yeah, I, I really wanted... Um... Oh, it was, a, it was right over my head. I would love a Scott Pilgrim's TV show, but I think they'll make it really bad and cringy. So I'm not going to choose that. My dream, um, I have a think. I a part of me really wants to see a show based off the origins of certain characters. So I would really like a Deadpool TV show, and I would like Ryan Reynolds to reprise his role. But I want it to take place leading up to him becoming Deadpool, very similar to X Origins, but done better. And right. then, and then taking place in between the movies and before the movies. So just yeah. like going through the middle ground of all that stuff just so i want to see what was going on while when the avengers were going through everything and like killing everyone and thanos and all that stuff what was deadpool up to <laughs> like what was deadpool Makes doing? perfect sense yeah like like I, I sort of wish that he had a bit of a cameo in in the avengers and in endgame as well i, I, I was hoping for a little cameo but i realized you know publishers and all that stuff so but um so you you want deadpool in the in the mcu then Yes, very much so. Cool. Yeah. I, I, and I think it'd be interesting how and if they ever do that with Deadpool, because he's, like like I said before, he's the, been the only good thing about the X-Men stuff before. And I would, have, I would have never thought they'd have had Deadpool as he was. But then we got J. Jonah. Yeah. You have seen Spider-Man, right? The new one? Yeah. I haven't seen the new one yet. Oh, sorry, massive spoilers. Oh no, but we, but we we spoiled it like weeks ago on the show. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I've um I was literally on the train, and somebody completely spoiled Stranger Things randomly. Uh spoilers suck. But I, normally I try and warn people, and and, and I didn't. I'm sorry. Oh, I no. am to I'm totally because again, like one of my friends, she ruined Spider Man for me ages ago so it's totally fine oh okay right good so that's all fine. Uh, that wasn't me that's it. so so yeah we we got the original jay jonah now in the mcu so so it's not beyond the realms of imagination that we couldn't have ryan reynolds is uh deadpool come to the mcu that that and i like your idea of a telly show that kind of like introduce almost introduces him in yeah 
Because like I really want, I, I really want to know what certain characters were doing during pivotal events, <laughs> like like yeah. randomly. But um, Deadpool would be like a, a, a comedic, light-hearted one. So like just him going around killing people, and in the background you just see <laughs> you just see um, God, what are the bad people called in the original Avengers? What's the bad people's name again? Why am I so bad at memories? The the bad people the the uh, you're gonna have to help me out here. Um, Thanos's guys. Oh, Thanos! Um, the children of Thanos. They just call the, the children of Thanos, aren't they? Are, are all of them the, the children of Thanos? Yeah, he's the like six the six kind of like alien folk that hang out with him are the children of Thanos. Yeah, no, but um, they send a whole troop of people down to New York. Oh, the Thanos army thing. Yeah, I forgot what that. There, there, there was a name for them. <laughs> and I, I can't remember it either. But yeah, like, like Deadpool just killing random, random robbers and stuff in the background. That's going on. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, like random stuff like that. But I yeah, think that um, could work really nicely. Yes. But uh, I, I highly doubt it will happen. But it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially given what you told me about Spider Man. Yeah. Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> Super Tap Film Club! Join Hollywood Fletch and Malachi as they shine their flickering flashlights into the dark, dark cellars of YouTube, only to reveal tales of vampires, motorcycles, and vampire motorcycles. Dystopian futures seen through the eyes of the 80s. A great fear of the internet and what it will do to our children. Kicks and horrors of all sizes imaginable. And the many, many dangers of heavy metal. Strap yourself in because this is Super Super Tat Film Club, and the first and only rule of Super Tat Film Club is tell everyone about Super Tat Film Club because it's all street punks and side boobs from here on in. Next up, it is a very, very special news part of the show. And, um, well, I'd better play the sounds of J. Jonah Jameson. I need photos of Spider-Man. With the sounds of J. Jonah Jameson, you know it's time for the news, but it is a very, very special news today because I'm ignoring everything else that happened all week because that is all small fry compared to everything we found out at San Diego Comic-Con. Alex, I know you're excited. I'm ridiculously excited for this. This is absolutely amazing. I, I was not, honestly, I completely forgot this was going to happen. So when it all came out, I was just like, what the? Mm-hmm. Well, quite. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know you want to talk about the Marvel stuff, but we'll look at everything else except Marvel first, and then we'll get onto the big meaty Marvel revelation. Is that all right with you? Go for it. Yeah. So um, technically, this isn't comic books, but I'm just really, really excited about Picard and the short treks that were announced at. Um, at San Diego Comic-Con. Did you see the trailer for for Picard? I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't. 
Uh, Data and Seven and Nine are in it. I am. Um, I am not the biggest um, Star Trek fan, so I haven't actually ever seen Star Trek. So I know. Oh, she needs to get on. I know, right? So then, um, the fact that everything's happening in terms of Star Trek at the moment, everyone around me is going, <gasps> "You haven't seen Star Trek?" Very similar to Game of Thrones. Everyone's like, "You haven't, haven't seen, seen Game, Game of Thrones?" Of... Oh nope. my goodness! Gosh, that's get on it. Get I know. On I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very bad with TV shows. Mm. But I, I'm just really excited about Picard because ne- the next generation is really the first Star Trek that I remember because. You know, because I grew up in the '90s, and I I adore Captain Picard, and I I just think it's it's amazing that they've got him to come back after so long, and it's going to be lots of fun. And the trailer just made me very very excited. But we'll move on because that's kind. Of, well, there are some Star Trek comics, but it's not really comic book related. Tell you what is comic book related. Did you see the Watchmen trailer? Again, haven't seen the Watchmen trailer. Well. That's not surprising because you've not read Watchmen, but um, re- try and read Watchmen before you, you watch the, t- the Watchmen TV show because the Watchmen TV show looks so good. That, like, I know that it was announced and I was just like, okay, I am very much ready for this. But I realised that I probably should, I now have to sit back and actually watch Watchmen. Given that it's going to be on HBO as well. Yeah. I'm just like, that- okay, I have to now watch Game of Thrones as well as Watchmen. HBO seem to be just knocking out of the pocket everything they do. So you've got your work cut out, mate. <laughs> I definitely the, do. The Watchmen book is an absolute monster of a book. It's don't think because it's a comic book that it'll take you an hour or so to read. Oh no, it's oh, very very meaty. I, I have the um, I have the full book. I have the full, yeah. and it's it's might it might as well be a steel chair. It's just absolutely massive. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. huge. It's a great book though. Put some side time aside because it's worth reading. Um, they have also announced that there's going to be some Kylo Ren origin comics done by Marvel, which I'm quite excited about because the Marvel run on, on on Star Wars this time, since basically Disney owned everybody and everything, they've all been really, really good. So I, I'm, I'm very interested in Kylo Ren origin comics. Do you, might... Star, do you like Star Wars? I do like Star Wars. I've seen like I haven't seen all of the films. So that's my issue with Star Wars. Or my issue with Star Wars. That it's one of those films that I haven't sat down and properly watched through. Good news mm-hmm. is though, I was given the DVD box set of Star Wars, so I again I don't have any excuse not to watch it from start to finish. Um, I am actually a big fan of the Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. So my love, like I play the Lego Star Wars games. <laughs> it's just really weird. I played through all of them, but like um, the fact that they are since Marvel, yeah, since Disney has acquired Star Wars and and, Arts and pretty much everyone, in, I'm surprised I haven't bought a Nintendo yet. Um, just to cap it all off. Um, don't. I, I, I don't want it to happen, but it won't surprise no. me. Since that, everything has felt a little bit more polished, and. Yeah, I, I like it, but also don't like it at the same time. If you get what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. I'm looking forward to getting through Star Wars and then eventually making my way through the Star Wars comics, starting with the Kylo and Origins, most likely, because he's um he's one of those characters where everyone says he's so cool, he's so cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna buy it until I actually see it. <laughs> like, we don't really know all all that much about him we, i mean we know who his dad is and we know a few bits and bobs but it 
I, I think that some origin comics would be really interesting reads. The stuff they did with Captain Phasma and Chewbacca, they were really well done. So, um, and, and their Vader comics are sublime. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to those. What we also found out was that the Walking Dead film, the Rick Grimes Walking Dead film, um, it was originally thought that they were going to be TV movies, but they're actually going to come to the cinema as well. So we'll be getting to see Walking Dead on the big screen, which is pretty cool. That is absolutely amazing. Given um, I watched the first few seasons and then in my eyes, I couldn't, I didn't really enjoy the rest of the seasons after that. Um, Um, I've watched about the first five. I'm I'm a little bit behind. I'm I'm completely up to date on the comics, but um, I'm a little bit behind on the, um, on the TV show. But um, I'm hoping that by the time the films come out, I'll, I'll have at least got to the point where Rick Grimes leaves so that I can then go and watch the films, you know? Yeah, I think that's where I need to get up to in terms of watching it. But in terms of the comics, uh, I know that the comics are absolutely amazing. That's, that's yeah. what exactly I know. But like, I've just watched a TV show for it. And I felt like the TV show dipped off massively. <laughs> so that was mm. like... Uh... But now it's coming to a big screen, I feel like I'm sort of obliged to watch it, as you said, up until when Rick leaves. Yeah. And then I can... Immerse into the film, and just is—is is it going to be more than one film? There's three. It's going to be a trilogy of film. I think that's again. I'm very much a fan of TV shows coming to the big screen. Uh, in the because uh, I wish Stranger Things uh, had this very similar thing, but what they did instead, they brought they in London anyway, they brought the series to cinemas. Oh, okay. So. Like the surround sound of it all is absolutely incredible and amazing. So that is a similar style to Walking Dead, but made for cinema. Oh, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, I don't think I can handle that. To be honest, the 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 one thing I love about the Walking Dead is I love I love the fact that uh, that preacher show does this. So does um, so so did um a couple of others where they're they're basically inspired by the comics rather than direct adaptations so you don't know who's going to live there are there are characters in the comic that died off very very early in the tv show and vice versa and you know you get so you don't know who's going to live you don't know who's going to die and and I'd, i'd much prefer that the way the walking dead have done it to like direct adaptations so this this greek rhymes films um rick rhymes spoilers doesn't die in the comics and do, so what happens in the tv show where he leaves doesn't happen in the comics so that's a huge diversion so it's something completely new completely written for the cinema rather than an adaptation from the books so i'm yeah. really really excited about that because it's something completely new walking dead related but yeah. with a character i recognize and like i like when directors and producers and writers don't take 100% from where like from the original source they they give it their own spin and they take that risk of going hey this is a character that's universally loved we're gonna take a risk and you guys might hate us or you guys can yeah. love us and we're gonna twist it and we're gonna turn it and we're gonna see what we're gonna get from it yeah it's great me too and I, I used to be the exact opposite I remember when the when the Harry Potter book uh, Parry Harry Potter films came out, I was mortified about how much they cut from the books. And all, there, was a, there was a lot of stuff that was in the books that they just 
took out of the films and I was mortified by that. But I was also a lot younger and a lot more naive. And the reality is, if they'd done direct conversions, these children's films would have been hours on end, which, you know, kids' attention span and stuff. It's just not practical. But yeah. I, was, I was so vexed. Whereas now I, I take, I've taken a step back and gone, yeah, you were kind of wrong about that. They're still fun films that work. Just um, enjoy the books for what they are and enjoy the films for what they are, you know? Exactly that. Like, my thing is with a lot, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of my friends knew what was going to happen in, with, like, the Avengers storyline because they've read all the comics. Mm. So they're like, oh, yeah, we, we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. They weren't directly on point, but they had, like, a very strong idea what was going to happen in each in each of the films. I didn't really read much of those comics, especially Thanos related ones either. Yeah. So it was a shock to my system, everything that happened anyway. And yeah, it was still a mean. shock it was still a shock to their system when everything went down anyway. Yeah, of course. Like Did you cry at Endgame? I I was probably the only person that didn't cry at Endgame because oh, I No soul. Yeah, because I cried uh at Infinity War. I cried at Infinity War too. <laughs> so I was like, what? Because again, you don't expect it. I did not expect that to happen. They're, they're, they're just masterpieces of film. Um, did you see that Endgame has finally gone past Avatar and is the highest it grossing has, film of all time? It has, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy. That about happened it. earlier this week. It's, but it's, I mean, I think we knew it was an inevitability at this point. But even so, that's still worth noting and still worth saying how amazing that is. Because and, uh, I, I thoroughly believe that it's one of the best films of this generation. Yeah, and it's, it's the culmination of over 20 films as well. No wonder it was kind of watched so many times. I mean, I think, you know, you, you know Ollie Spring, he was a guest on the show earlier this yep. year. And I think he's watched it seven or eight times now. And that's a that's that's that that's six or seven more times than I have, but I've been twice, and I never go to cinema to see a film twice. Yeah, like I've been to see it three times. Yeah, and I think that's that that's the reality. Is it's not that uh, with Avatar, it was a lot of people who don't go to the cinema going because they'd heard of this film and how amazing it was. Whereas I think what's done it for Avengers is people that are huge fans that have invested so much of their time watching and kind of involved kind of getting so immersed into this 20 film long series they want to see this at the cinema while they can and so they're seeing it more times than they would have seen any other film so it's there's a different reason why endgame has done as well as it has compared to something like avatar yeah very much so like i 100 percent when I see when I saw that the announcement, I was just like, they put so much effort into this like film. I'm surprised that Infinity War didn't actually break that record to begin with. But then I totally when Endgame because the it's a culmination of everything. It's the end of the story. Yeah, it's the end of an era as well, effectively. Mm, absolutely. Like, gonna right. go, we're, we're gonna go into a full blown, blown reboot with, the, with what, what we're gonna talk about in a minute, anyway. Yeah, the, we'll uh, do. We'll do. We'll do DC before we do that, though. Um, so announced at Comic-Con, and indeed they all had trailers as well. Um, it was Arrow Series 8, which is actually ending now after, after eight seasons. 
uh, Black Lightning Series 3, which is uh, one that I'm really excited about because I really like that show. I also uh, love Black Lightning. Yeah. Um, Harley Quinn Animated Series is starting up. Supergirl Series 5. Doom Patrol Series 2, which was quite a surprise because that hadn't been, that wasn't certain or not. And Flash Series 6. So DC are still on it. And their TV game is, I, I think their TV game is currently stronger than Marvel's after all the Netflix shows went. Yeah, the minute that it's really sad that the Netflix um, shows left because I thought they were really good and dark and gritty. But I then, yeah, but then DC's game, I don't know. A part of me, I really enjoyed Arrow, really enjoyed Flash, really enjoyed Supergirl up until they got really romantic and they became more teenage soap dramas than right comic book films. I really dislike Flash, uh, not Flash. I really dislike Arrow, the later seasons of Arrow, because I just like, there, this isn't much. There isn't much happening here. It's just uh, are all of them, Fliss, are going to kiss and make up and get back together? Yay. Are they? Maybe. <laughs> like, it just became yeah. more about relationships and all that stuff rather than this character going through turmoil and injustices and trying to fight back and save the sea. But, um, yeah, I hope that now that it's coming to an end, uh, I do, looking back on it, it is a very, very, it was a very good, strong series for DC. Yeah, and so you, you said you liked Black Lightning. Uh, yep. That's I, I like that because it's not in the uh, CW or whatever it's called. I liked that it was separate, and I liked that it was, um, that it was its own, its own um, identity. And... I liked the politics of it as well. I liked the, the I liked how it highlighted how difficult it is to be a superhero and have a job, and it doesn't really shirk away from some, some for example, you know, like Arrow and Batman. They're rich, so they yep. don't have another job. Whereas this guy is a head teacher and he wants to be a superhero as well. I, I just I liked that. It was much more Spider Man than Superman, you know. It's very much, and also like um, the family life. Randomly, yes. all in my powers. Like, but also, it's not really done in an overtly cheesy way either. It's done no. very naturally. And I, I appreciate that because it must be difficult to get that going. Yes. And um, I've not, I'll be honest, I've not seen any Supergirl. The fact that it's on Series 5 is impressive. Any show that gets to five seasons, it, it's obviously got something about it. Yeah, I'm on Series 3 at the moment. And um, <clears throat> I really enjoyed the action scenes of it. I really enjoyed the storytelling of the emotion between the characters. Sometimes it does get a bit cheesy with um with like the love storylines and all that stuff. But if you look past that, you have a very strong female lead in Melissa mm. Benoit. And the show itself isn't carried by a specific character. It details lots of different characters and they also don't shove diversity down your throat either because there is LGBT representation in there but then you don't really think about it unless you're sitting down thinking about it uh, yeah. I do like I do like that one of the things I've been enjoying recently about Marvel and DC comics and films is that being gay isn't a big massive thing it's just simply put a thing it's there it's just there yeah DC are doing DC's game has been strong on that for a long time with characters in um, I mean their their Batwoman is gay and they've the characters in Black Lightning and I think they've 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 done really 
really strongly with just the representation of LGBT people and all other kinds of people, strong female leads, strong black leads. And Marvel have done well with everything except LGBT. So they're on catch up, I do feel. Yeah, I feel like Marvel might be scared. Honestly, I I, I think they might be scared. Um, I mean, because Jess- they have a- Jessica Jones had a, a strong gay storyline, but it's not been in the films yet. Yeah, like, I feel like they're, they're a bit on the tetchy side because I think introducing a gay character... In, do you remember in Endgame how they had all the women show up, like, show up randomly? Yeah. Towards the end. A lot of people hate that scene. I didn't really care for it. I just thought it's a cool little scene. I get why it's there. A lot yeah. of people hated that scene. A lot of people thought that it was shoehorned into it. I thought it was a bit try-hard. Yeah. Personally. It was, it, you know, but I, I, I sort of get it. You know, I get it. I get what they're going for. So let them have it. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, do you watch Flash? That's got to six seasons now. And um, Fraser, our usual uh, usual um, host, he raves about the first two seasons, but then feels like it uh, deteriorated. But it still got to six seasons. Yeah, I, I agree with Fraser, but I like I got to season four and then I was like, eh. <laughs> And then it got a little bit, uh, so, um, how beautifully descriptive. Yeah, pretty much like the same thing as Arrow, the same thing as all the DC shows that are on, um, like most of DC shows too much focus on like love and romance and relationships rather than a cool superhero doing cool stuff and going through trials and tribulations, which Mm. is annoying because like that's how they appeal it to younger audiences. But I, Oh, my room is falling apart. But, um, but then, like, I feel like I'm not enjoying it. It gets a bit cringy watching excessive amounts of kissing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, great. Can't watch this with my mother. Can't watch this with anyone, really. <laughs> like, Jesus. And, and, and finally, Doom Patrol. Um, I've not watched the first series because you can't watch it legally in Britain yet. And um, I'm a bit of a stickler for that. I tend to uh, message DC Universe once a week, whining about the lack of Swamp Thing. And... Um, there is no legal way to watch Doom Patrol. There is no legal way to watch Swamp Thing in this country. And it just, it, 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 it frustrates me. But I'm really glad that um, Doom Patrol's done well because when I saw the characters in Titans, I really enjoyed them. So I am looking forward to watching Doom Patrol. But it's ridiculous that it's been renewed. And the only way British people can watch it is if it's pirated. So that, sh- that, that kind of shows you just how insignificant British people's viewership really is to stuff like this frustrating yeah I, <laughs> I, you know i thoroughly like i hate the idea that things are behind um region box still i, I hate i hate that idea it's ridiculous because we want to enjoy this show and mm. if they want to make more money they would have it out over here straight away and the thing is, right, let's be, let's be blunt about this. We are about as big as a medium-sized American state. Imagine the uproar if, I don't know, they released, they released a TV series to everywhere except Texas. Yeah. Or everywhere except Ohio. It's just, I don't understand why we're, we're treated like a ginger stepchild. <laughs> um... I 
the main reasoning behind it, from my knowledge, is that um, licensing is also a big problem, and things need to be changed in the post-production so they can fit our audience, like little things, like sound and mm. things like that. Because I do think we work on a different sound frequency. I don't know if that's even the right term. Different sound styles over here and on our TVs and they do in America. Also, you have to like I think they have to change over the regions itself and all of that stuff. But also, I think that it's a licensing, mainly a licensing thing, and getting it distributed on a platform over here. Like what? Like you have to. I, I think it might be more of a Sky problem. Like no one's picked up the series over here yet. Yeah. So it's just but, frustrating. You know, yeah, like, it's desperately frustrating. It's annoying because uh, there's a DC app now, isn't there? Which is only available in America. DC Universe Online. It's a, it's a subscription is, like Netflix. Mm, like, why can't we have it? If we, the thing is, we can't watch these shows legally in Britain. So why can't we have DC Universe? We should. It's madness. Like they made they made DC Universe um, as an app to so they don't have to put it on Netflix so they can get mm-hmm. more direct money. But then they don't bring it over to the UK. They're like, okay, fine. I guess uh, you don't it want just, our money. I, I seriously, I, I feel like I have this rant every other week on the show, and no one else seems to care quite as much as I do. <laughs> I I care a lot because for me anyway, as a guy that watches a lot of Netflix. I've been trying to watch one of the worst films of all time, but it's one of my secret favorite films, uh, The Green Hornet with Seth uh, Rogen. That's, that's, that, that's, that's a film that's there. Yep, it's there. It's one of my like <laughs> guilty pleasures, okay? And it's not even on British Netflix. I'm just like, uh, what? No. And it was take up British Netflix. Randomly, Lucifer season four comes out, season three comes out, well, one of those series comes out, but then they take off series one, two, and three. One, two, and three were one, two, and three are on Amazon Prime, and Amazon cancelled it, and Netflix kind of took it on. That's why you've got series four on on uh, Netflix because but, they can't have series three because they belong to Am- series one to three because they belong oh, to Amazon. Oh, that makes all the sense in the world. Lucifer is well worth watching. I really enjoy that show. It's a favourite of mine. I've played and I've played a lot of um. The, it's great, great soundtrack. I've played a lot of the music that they from that show on on uh, on geek of the week i'd but um yeah lucifer's well worth watching but you, you will need to you basically need to have amazon prime and netflix to be able to watch the full thing I, which is a bit crazy i have a friend who has amazon prime so i will still have amazon prime but um, get on it i will <laughs> but yeah like um back into the announcements i i do want there to be i want to get into swamp thing because i heard you talk so about do it. i I heard you talk about it a few weeks back, and I was like, I really want to give that a watch. And I really want to see how, how Doom Patrol is all about. I really want to yeah. give everything pretty much a shot. And the only exactly. thing I've been able to give a thorough shot to is Titans, and I love Titans. I'm happy to I love Titans. Yeah, and, I'm, and I was excited for the Doom Patrol spin-off, but you still can't get it in this country. And they're <laughs> regular rant, I'll shut up. <laughs> but yeah, like t- Titans, of course, right now is marred by tragedy because um, they did yes. have one of the front coordinators, of course, sadly died. Yeah, but, um, I did see that. It, but like, aside from that tragedy, it was one of my favorite series of shows. Mm. 
especially it being on Netflix and being a Netflix original. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved how the characters came together. Uh, nothing felt overtly forced. Um, there's also representation of that. <laughs> like, straight away, it just feels yeah. like everything, everything works with Titans. All the characters just work. Did you see that they've uh, cast a Batman for next season? So he's going to almost be kind of like a bad guy in Titans next season? Yeah, because he's very much deemed... Um, he was... Uh, if, uh, you've seen Titans Series 1, right? Yeah. So then, um, sorry if anyone gets spoiled by this, I loved heel Batman. Yeah, I loved that he right. just went crazy. I, I, I honestly was just like... It, I wasn't expecting this. Um... And it just like, I love that the it showed Batman in a different light as well. I like how um, the way he went between Robin and Nightwing, and how like you sort of feel that Batman abused who like abused these two kids. It it, it is. I mean, and that's the thing. It, in simpler times, people didn't really think like that. But Batman, written in a modern style could very much be an abuser even if there's a, a, no real intent it is abusive to get kids to basically fight lots of bad guys yeah and the minute the minute robin decided not to he just ditched him yeah yeah and like mm. oh he's got a he got he's got a new robin now and the look on dick's face was just like oh you're the new robin yeah. I see. It was and, really, really well done. Yeah, and he and he couldn't um he couldn't get into the safe room, and things like that. Just like I I felt his loss, man. Like it felt really strong yeah. and powerful. So series two is gonna probably be absolutely amazing. I think so too. Is it time to talk Marvel? Was there anything else from um from DC? No. They they were the notes that I made that I wanted to talk about. But if there's anything else from Comic Con that you spotted, feel free to throw it before we start talking Marvel. I don't think there was. All right. So let's start with the with the small things. Agents of Shield, their seventh season is gonna be the last. I'll be honest, I've only seen the first four. And, I've seen the first two. Yeah, and people have said to me that it gets worse, but I particularly enjoyed series four because it had the Ghost Rider in it, and I like the Ghost Rider. So I think I think it's probably any telly series that lasts that long will have its detractors by the end. And I think it, you know a seven year run is 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 pretty impressive. That's what four more series than Daredevil, which I would have liked to have run forever and ever and ever and ever. Yep, I agree with that. Um. And okay, so let's talk about the five films that they announced. Black Widow on the 1st of May 2020, The Eternals yep. on the 6th of November 2020, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings on the 12th of February 2021, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on the 7th of May 2021, and Thor, Love and Thunder on the 5th of November 2021. So in the next two years, we get five Marvel films. I'm so excited. It's, oh, my goodness gracious me. And then the, si oh, so everything. Happy. Like, I'm very much looking forward to, um, oh, well, I can't, 
Phase Five starting off with Blade. <laughs> like, like, but we don't know when Blade's coming out. We were going to talk about Blade later, but we can talk about Blade now. Um, the... no, we, we should leave it till later. We should leave it till oh, later. We can right. go through the films. The fact is that we've got five dates. We've got five films, five dates. I I don't feel like anything other than Thor was a particular surprise of what we were going to get. We'd heard rumours of a Black Widow film. We'd heard rumours of the Eternals and Shang-Chi. And we knew that um, uh, uh, Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch, had signed on for another Doctor Strange film. We just didn't know when it was going to happen. Whereas the the um, Goddess of Thunder thing has come as a huge deal to me. What a way to um, launch the, the Phase 4 by having another Thor and it being a woman. I mean, wow. You'd heard that, right? Yeah, I had. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Natalie Portman is going to be a female Thor. And that was the big surprise to me. The big surprise. Like I um I was shocked by Portman reprising her role. So the fact that they got her back was pretty incredible actually. I'm mm. like and- I'm surprised because I used to have to worry too much about working her out of the story and working her back into it or whatever. Now she's just there. Now now like, you know, have fun. <laughs> and then I, th- I think I think it's going to be very interesting because that have they announced that Chris Hemsworth's actually going to be in that film? He's currently with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So does that mean that if he's in the film, the Guardians will be in it? It's all very ooh about well, Thor: Love and Thunder. I believe it's confirmed to take place before Volume Three of Guardians of the Galaxy. So it wouldn't yeah. be too much of a shock if he's in the film himself. Mm. But I'm not too sure though. But it'll be, I, I, I just want to see a Thor, a Thor film, regardless of what's, what it actually is. I just love, I love the Thor characters. I love Thor itself. I love, the, I love Asgard, everything about it. Of course, Asgard doesn't really exist anymore. But I love no. the mythology of it all. I love how it harks back to like um, the ancients, things along those lines. I just abs- I'm in love with the, the universe that is Thor. Yeah, and did you see that Valkyrie is going to be explicitly bisexual in the in Thor: Love and Thunder as well? Yeah, which is the first big screen LGBT character other than that fella who um, lost his boyfriend to the snap. Yep. Which again, like, I'm happy that they're pushing that now, and it's just a thing that's going to happen as time goes mm-hmm. on. So hopefully, by by 2022, gay characters will just be a thing. It wouldn't yeah. be a, a, a. This is diversity. It would just be a thing. Yeah, and that's what we want, isn't it? Um, looking at the Black Widow, they've cast David Harbour as Red Guardian. Um, I was kind of hoping he would be the thing, but he's still brilliant, and I think he's going to be a very good Red Guardian. And Ray Winstone, who is a favourite actor of mine, we don't know who he's going to play, but Ray Winstone's going to be in Black Widow, yep. and that's 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 like what less than a year away. Yeah, and um, I, I know Florence Pugh. Um, I worked with her on, on Fight With My Family. And right. uh, not, not only is she absolutely lovely and stunning, um, she's a very good actor. And for, she didn't have to care about Fight With My Family as much as she did. Honestly, she didn't. Right. But she wanted to learn the bumps. She wanted to be very much 
into the wrestling. She was asking us questions about wrestling. She was very intuitive. She's listening to everything that wrestlers were saying. Like uh, about mm-hmm. um, like uh, she's working with uh, Zaya Brookside mainly and uh, Gareth, I forgot his surname. But she's also like asking us questions, and we were there for that one for that one main scene. But she's asking us questions about the lifestyle of being a wrestler. She wanted to definitely understand and feel um, exactly how Paige felt in certain moments. Yeah. And it honestly, Black Widow writes itself. So if she puts in half the dedication, it's going to be amazing. But knowing Florence now and seeing her work, she's going to put in 110%, which means we're going to get a very a freaking good Black Widow movie. I think so. And it's set before... Um, I, I, my concern was that it would d- completely devalue the, her sacrifice in Endgame if it was set after Endgame. And it's not. It is set before Endgame. So um, we don't need to worry about resurrecting the Black Widow because that would have been... I, I, I would have found that difficult. I'm sure that I found a good way to write it, but I, it, I felt it, it would have devalued the... Um, the sacrifice of the Black Widow in Endgame. So, um, Scarlett Johansson's version of the character is different to Yelena. So, right. Natasha, so Natasha Romanov and Yelena are two separate characters, right? I'm very, I'm very correct in that. Yeah. So, there's the Black Widow's a mantle as well. I would guess so. Okay. Like, I was like, I know there's been different versions of characters, so I was like. I've never actually known for there to be a different Black Widow other than Natasha Romanov. Yeah. So, hey, look at that. I'm, again, like, something that's, that's new as well. It's like a refresh, like a reboot in itself. So I really, again, I'm looking forward to that for that reason alone. Yeah, I think it's, I think it'd be very, very interesting. Um, casting for The Eternals has come through as well. We've got Angelina Jolie as Thena, Salma Hayek as Ajax. Dong Seok Ma as Gilgamesh and Richard Madden as Icarus. These are highlights that I've picked up. We have had more castings than this. But um, the, Angelina Jolie, Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek, they're like two of the biggest actors in all of acting ever, ever. And they're just randomly there. They're just and there. It's, it shows the value that these films have. And the, the kind of, well, let's, I'm talking monetary value as well as um the value to actors who want to you know get their name out there that you would never like 20, 20 films ago angelina jolie would not have gone oh yeah i fancy signing up for the hulk she yeah, wouldn't have done she, have she done would that. not no so it's, it shows just the kind of chops that the, the marvel universe has now and that's that's fascinating and when you think about the john cena the franchise as well so yeah the, yeah. the She's, I can't, I still can't quite believe some of the people they've got in these films. And you, you think about actors now like Chris Hemsworth and Tom Higgleston and Robert Downey Jr. No one had heard of Robert, no one had heard of um, Tom Higgleston, no one had heard of Chris Hemsworth before they played characters in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr., were, no one would touch him with a barge pole. So they cast nobodies and outcasts in the first few films. And now they can basically get anybody that they want. And, you know, 20 years ago when I was being mocked, well, more like 30, when I was being mocked for being the geek at school, you look at the kind of, you look at this now and you would have never imagined, never imagined that this is how it would have all panned out. 
Never. Like, I honestly thought that it would be a niche market forever, and it wouldn't, like, the films wouldn't really draw that much, and now we're here, and everyone loves Marvel films. Everyone loves Marvel films. It's cool to like Marvel films. It is, and I would have never have thought that. And do you know what? I'm not even gatekeeping it. I love it. Yeah, I agree. And the, one quick thing I want to talk about the Eternals. They cast someone to be Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is one of the most obscure, weird rivals to Hercules in Marvel Comics. And he was he had a cup of coffee in the Avengers. And he kind of like had a rivalry with Hercules. And, and, and then he disappeared. And I'm really excited to see this random character that I loved when I was reading comics in the 90s appear in the MCU. Gilgamesh. Of all the characters they could have picked, Gilgamesh. Amazing. So pleased. Have you even heard of Gilgamesh? Not even. No. No people have. <laughs> Shall we move on to Shang-Chi? Yes, please. They've cast uh, Simu Liu as Shang-Chi and Tony Leung as the Mandarin. And I'm really, really excited about Tony Leung. He is a classic Hong Kong actor who's been in, I mean, amongst other things, hard-boiled and internal affairs. He has been around the Hong Kong film scene for such a long time. And the fact that they're putting someone like Tony Leung in a film with Chinese protagonists is bang on. And I'm really pleased because he's, he's just brilliant. And he, he has got the kicks. He has got damn martial arts skills with a Z. Yeah, I, I'm very I'm excited. looking forward to this film as well. And also, I, I do like how um, the Mandarin was originally teased back in Iron Man. And, See, um, I didn't. I, I felt cheated. I did yeah, feel cheated. I, I was like, what? I didn't know who the Mandarin was. And uh, I remember watching it. So he's like, someone was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's like really, um, he's really going to be um, like, he's going to be like one of the main villains. I was like, oh, OK, really cool. And then, of course, Ben, ben Kingsley happened. And then, like, it was. And it was done myself. very well. It was done very well, but I, I felt cheated because I was excited about magic coming into the Marvel Universe. And remember, this was before Doctor oh, Strange. Strange. Yeah. So I was expecting to see the Mandarin with his Ten Rings of Power, which, you know, the title, The Legend of the Ten Rings, refers to. And um, we, we weren't expecting the real Mandarin, the magic Mandarin, to ever really turn up after we kind of like got the jobbed out Mandarin. So this is brilliant. This is just brilliant. But yeah, he's here now. And um, he doesn't, the story doesn't really conclude with Iron Man not really being a character in MCU anymore. So he just comes in, it's on, it comes in fresh slate, really. Mm. This is who the Mandarin is, so. This is who the real Mandarin is. <laughs> I love how, we, I do love how we were just completely trolled, though. Yeah, and it, it, I'm not saying it wasn't clever, but afterwards I just felt cheated. And it made sense, and it was clever, and it was... It was definitely a, a good old trolling, but I, I just would have liked the original Mandarin. I, th I think that we've got him now. It's, it'll be worth the wait because the Mandarin is a great character. Definitely. I 100% thoroughly agree with that. Um, and so we've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I don't think they've done much casting for that other than obviously Doctor Strange. And um, the Multiverse of Madness after... I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil you again. They teased the multiverse in Spider-Man Far From Home, and it turned out that there wasn't a multiverse, or at least the person who said he was from an alternative reality wasn't. Um, and I think that was great, particularly after we'd had um, 
the, the Spider-Verse film, people were kind of like expecting there to maybe be a multiverse in the MCU. Whereas now, how are they going to not have a multiverse if a film is called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Yeah. So I, I think it's I think it was nice that they teased it and then and then kind of like knocked you back and now it's looking like we are going to get the multiverse but not where and when we thought we were going to get it Sim- similar to the Mandarin when you think about it. Yeah. Um. My thing is I thought Doctor Strange would be the first horror horror movie. Mm. And um. Oh, actually no. Like, I think it was confirmed that it would be like the first like horror film. And the emphasis of it being a horror film with Doctor Strange and Benedict Cumberbatch, I love the idea of it. And the fact that I think it does tie into one of the TV series uh, on the Disney Plus network, I think it's wonder because I think that um, that yeah, the Scarlet uh, Witch is going to be yeah, in it. Scarlet Witch is right. joining the sequel, so I guess That's we right. definitely have those two in it. So we know that it's going to be fronted by two really strong characters. But then whoever's going to join in that film, you know, I know it's going to be a good film. I've high confidence for all of the Marvel movies that are going to come out in the following years. Mate, let's talk about Blade. They, they were like, this is what we've got. Oh, and we're going to bring back Blade. Look who we've got. We've got one of the hottest actors in all of, in all of Hollywood. We'll just bring out Mahashala Ali. And, you know, he's he going to be Blade. And I was just like, ah, brilliant. I mean, I they, like, they just... They just laid down the smack with that announcement, didn't they? I was like, if it's not Wesley Snipes, I don't want it. And then he comes out and I was like, I lied. (laughs) (laughs) Wesley Snipes has said that he's pleased at the casting as well on Twitter and stuff. So I think it would be nice if we could have a a cheeky Wesley Snipes cameo. But let's be blunt. Wesley Snipes is knocking 60 now. He ain't going to be able to be as good a blade now as Mahashala Ali is. I mean, I'm so, so excited for Blade. There's rumours that it's going to be the first um, 18 18 film. Obviously, we've had uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and stuff, but the first 18-rated film in the Marvel Universe, and I think it has to be. I think they they want to make a rated R in America, isn't it? They're, They're going to want to make a statement, particularly if they're going to want to be bringing in Deadpool as well. Um, they need to make a statement. This needs to be true, gruesome body horror. It's a vampire film, you know. Yep, it's 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 a gruesome film. So let's give it the respect it deserves, and let's have it be eighteen plus. I, but, think, uh, so. I think I think with that though, they might end up making it so that it's not uh, a key film to watch. Yes. So that, uh, of course, families don't have to watch that film to understand everything. But so I think that might make the film a bit more of a, like, of a, um, of like Sorry. a side, a, like a spin-off side thing. Like you don't than, have to watch know. Daredevil. There's, there's no real, the, the, the main plots of the, the films aren't affected by Daredevil or Jessica Jones or, yeah. um, or, uh, Luke Cage or whatever. Whereas something like um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did have little bits and bobs that were affected. And um, I think the the five new TV series will be heavily more involved in the plot of the Marvel films. Should we talk about those as well? Go for it, definitely. So we've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier in autumn 2020. That that was quite high pitched. That then we've got Loki in twenty uh, spring twenty twenty one, One Division in spring twenty twenty one, 
Hawkeye in autumn 2021 and <gasps> the animated alternative universe stuff where they're bringing back voice acting of all of, of a number of um, either dead characters or or people who are out of their contract for a, a TV show called What If. And I'm just excited about all of them. I, very I am really excited for Hawkeye because Jeremy Renner and Hawkeye is my favorite Avenger. Um, I, I really enjoyed him when he like came up as Ronin. Yes. For the brief time he was in there uh, in, during the Endgame, I was just completely taken aback when they announced that he was going to get us a, um, a series and they got Jeremy Renner to be yeah. Hawkeye still. So I'm like, amazing. I'm, I, I love it. And the thing is, when you think about the actors that they've got involved, they, they ain't going to be cheap. So they've got to be confident that these TV series are going to be good and going to make them money and going to get them, and, you know, going to get the viewing figures they need. And to be honest, <laughs> look at the results of Endgame. I, I don't think it's a risk, to be honest with you. It's just an expensive telly show. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a risk. I agree with you. I think it's just going to be how much profit are they going to make. Yeah, yeah. And um, the the Loki stuff um, where he's running around with a Tesseract, that's going to be fun. WandaVision, I, 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 it hurt when the Vision died. So I'm glad that we're going to have some past Vision stuff. And like you say about Hawkeye, I, I think he's grossly underrated and that'll be fascinating. And um, I was interested, it was called Falcon and the Winter Soldier rather than Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I don't know if it takes place after. Does it? Do you know if it takes place after? No, I don't. And that—that's what made me speculate. That's what made me speculate because, is it that he won't call himself Captain America, but he'll have the shield, or is it set before he gets the shield from Cap? Who knows? But we will know in autumn twenty twenty. We will, because the logo of it does show the the shield. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, it's, I don't know. It's just exciting. Just, I mean. That, that, that these five shows soften the blow of losing the Netflix shows because I think if they were going to bring back those characters, bring back those shows, they would have announced it with all of this. I think we have truly lost. The, the, I think we all know now that we truly lost Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, and uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And I'm happy uh, that it was Iron Fist. <laughs> Um, uh, series two is much better. Did I even? Did I watch? I didn't. I don't think I watched series two. But I'm very upset we lost Luke Cage. I know for definite we've lost Luke Cage now because, of course, Cottonmouth is now not no longer there at all. Um, yeah. Even though I'm pretty sure he does die in Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah, he does. And um, the one thing that I would have liked to have seen was Daughters of the Dragon, which that was rumored, and obviously we won't get that now. That's Misty and um, damn, what's her name? Shang Chi, uh, 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 um, Iron Fist's girlfriend, the really, yeah. the most interesting character of the of the franchise. Those two were the daughters of the dragon in the comic books, and there was talk about having a daughter of the dragon spin-off, And I'm sad that we're not going to get to see that. Yeah, um, it's, it is very um, sad we're going to lose all of the series, but hopefully, okay. <coughs> Sorry about that. Hopefully we get um, something that references them later on, maybe. maybe yeah, a, a few I wonder what the licenses like are, you know, whether or not they could, even if they wanted to, and I bet they can't. 
mm-hmm. I guess they might as well prioritize their own um, their own current IPs, what they have on the control first, yeah. and see what they can do later. True. And finally, they announced what they're planning in future, but they didn't give us any more dates. They told us Captain Marvel 2 is on its way, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Black Panther 2, and then they dropped Fantastic Four and something to do with mutants. Yes. <laughs> Just like, oh, I am defeated with your news. <laughs> Just a new, I just can't wait for there to be Fantastic Four and, and X Men in the MCU. I'm looking wait. forward to there being a good Fantastic Four movie. And I really hope that this one is that. I think it has to be. If it's done in the MCU, then yeah. Mm. And, you know, I, I love the Guardians and I loved Black Panther, so they're really exciting. Captain Marvel was great. I hope it's set in the thousands and they have all the thousands music. Because um, the 90s thing of Captain Marvel was just marvellous. So, oh, yeah. Captain so, Marvel's the only film I haven't seen. It's Well, it's set in the 90s, and so, you know, she when she arrives on Earth, she lands in a blockbuster. And um, it, it's just full of 90s nostalgia. And that worked so, so well. I'd love to just, I'd love to see them do it in the thousands, maybe, and have, like, the the music of the time. I, I just feel like that it worked so well that they set it in the 90s that if they could do more stuff that's not set in the present day, I'd really, really enjoy that. But I, we don't know anything. Yeah, I, I don't know what they'll do with Captain Marvel going forward, but I thought the character's very, very good. Yeah. Um, I, hope, I hope that also her inclusion in Endgame, where we all thought that she would be the main hero of it, yeah, she was actually we, just more of a like, I'll come in when I need to. You guys do your thing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I really enjoyed that. Like, she made it very clear that there's other planets and other universes that are under the same threat as her. Yeah, and that made sense, didn't it? Yep. So that was the Marvel announcements. They're just a huge, huge load of announcements by Marvel. And I'm out of breath now. And I, I knew all of them, and having gone through them, I'm, I'm, I'm just, oh, I need a break. <laughs> I, I'm very much in the same boat as you. And now, Alex, are you ready? I am ready. It is time for this. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the trade paperbacks. Yes, it is time for trade-off. Now, normally, we just do one book on trade-off, where we take it in turns, Fraser and I, to talk about a book that we have given each other a full trade paperback of comics. But I thought, because we've got Alex on the show, we'd basically do one of his and one of mine. So, Alex, what did you give me? I gave you Low by Rick Remender. I, can't, I never can pronounce the name. Rick Remender and Greg Remender, Ciccini. something like that, yeah. Yep, and Greg Tuccini. And so why did you choose this book as, you, as the one you wanted us to read? So I chose that book because I was recommended it by one of my friends, Jimmy. And I was like, do you know what? 
I haven't read it yet, so I'm gonna get Mark to read it for me. I want to oh, see what I Mark see. feels. Yeah, you are my tester. So, uh, okay, uh, so we're both reading it together. It wasn't a book that you loved. It was a book that you no, just wanted to read. It was a book that I was very much interested in pick up and reading, but I was like, do you know what? Um, if I'm going to do this show with Magic Mark, I get to hear his opinions on a book that somebody, who, or Jimmy, who recommended it to me, hmm. was very much he was adamant that I would love it because it was uh, when it was written and what it's about. So I figured, hey, if you read it, you'll tell it to me in a very good way, and then I'll pretty much have to buy it. <laughs> so you, so you haven't read the book. I haven't read the book, no. Oh, Alex, <laughs> I haven't. Uh, right. So, so you can't really discuss this with me. Okay. Well, um, you've you've listened to the show. You know what we do. We have a um, later on in the show. I'll be doing it. We have um, pull or pass where we read the first issue of a comic book and decide whether or not we would continue reading it. And so my notes I've, I've made that the first issue was absolutely savage. And um, on the space, on the, on the, on the strength of that, I would have decided to read low. So um, if this was on Polar Pass, I'd have decided to read it. Um, so I'm glad because obviously I then read the rest of it. Um, and th this book, doesn't pull its punches uh, there is sex and drugs and prostitutes and policemen and the setting is grim and dark sci-fi the art is the art is wonderful and um in a lot of places it uses completely black pages with just a panel of someone's thoughts on and that that was so effective and also um, it's set under the sea so i, I felt like the blackness was almost like a metaphor for being so deep under the sea as well. And yeah, the, the, the main bad guy is just so fundamentally hateable. He's decadent. He hosts orgies and he's accepted the fate of the world and has no ambition to get from under the sea. Whereas the main protagonists are desperate to get back to the surface. And it's, it was really, really good. It's a story about love and family and redemption, um, like real kind of human stories. It's about humanity rather than the tech. And that's my kind of sci-fi. It's set in a cool world, but it's more about telling the stories of people. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit sad you haven't read it because I'd have liked to have known what you thought about it as well, because I, 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 I adored this book. Absolutely. Why? What I love about the book, without even having to read it, is that it's written when Rick was going through writer's block. I'm like, wait, you're going through writer's block? Yeah, he was going through writer's block, and he was like, I'm just going to write something and hope for the best. And he comes up with that. I'm like, so... That's insane. Yeah, so like, imagine, like... I, I don't want to imagine, like, if that is his writer's block work, then there we go. And I think... Um... It's it's gone into six volumes now, so there's still huge amounts of low for me to read. And um, the the cliffhangers again. If I was reading this in single issues, the cliffhangers would be like, "Oh, I've got to wait a month," kind of thing. And the one one in particular was a really brutal betrayal, and I was like, "Oh, my feelings." And it, it it's it's a fantastic book. I mean, and, and I love I love comic book sci-fi. I've always loved comic book sci-fi. My favorite. My favorite comic books are self-contained world comic book sci-fi. Um, so this was always something I think I was likely to enjoy. But um, yeah, I was blown away by Low, and I've already bought the next four volumes.
<laughs> I'm gonna actually. I'm getting paid on Friday, so I'm just gonna pick up a low volume one. I'm you need to read it. that. I'm gonna dump what? it in my Amazon, but on basket. Send me a message and tell me what you think, and I'll uh, let people know on the show when you've read it that uh, what what your thoughts were on low because um, I, I I was blown away by it, absolutely blown away by it. I will definitely do that. I'll I'll probably end up reading it like that. So because um, the way it was described to me, I was like, I'm probably gonna enjoy this. I said, um, but I knew I wouldn't have time to read that and um, Black Hammer, so I was like. Look, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna give um, Mark here the reading duties of, of Low, and he can come yeah, back yeah. and he'll present it for me. While I go ahead, I can read Black Hammer. Well, I think you need to read Low. I definitely think you need to read Low. It's, so it's, it's definitely. Great. I think a, everybody needs to read Low. Yeah, I, I think everybody needs to read Low. It was it's it's outstanding. But I, I, you, like you said, I gave you Black Hammer. And for a similar reason to you, I, I, I love the writer, Jeff Lemire. I love I loved Descender. I love Ascender. I've loved some of his solo stuff like Roughneck and, um, and um, the space one that eludes me. I can't remember the name of it, but it's brilliant. <laughs> wow. But no, I, I love this writer. And the, this is his superhero team. And I've never read it, never read it at all. And so I, I gave it to you to kind of motivate me to read it as well. And um, what did you think? I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I mm. honestly, I, I didn't, um, I'm at the last like 25 or so pages. And mm. uh, I just like to thank professional wrestling for taking up most of my life. Um, and also teaching. You, you and me I both, finished it. Yeah, I would have, I would have finished it ages ago. I love the, 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 the fact that it sort of pick, takes away tropes from normal comic, from the main two comic book series. Yeah, but also go so much deeper. <laughs> yeah, like so much deeper. We're never going to get this deep with um with any of the Marvel or DC characters. Like you feel their anguish. There's rep- like there's representation, uh, in the, L- the LGBTQ. There's everything from it. It's just such a deep emotional story, and honestly, you can only you sort of feel caught, like. There's never really an uplifting moment in it, actually. It's very dark. It's very... Yeah, it is. You're very... Your heartstrings aren't being tugged. They're being ripped apart. Yep, I think so. I think you've, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. Jeff Lemire, if, any, if he does ever receive any criticism, is that he's quite unoriginal. He doesn't seem to have new ideas. But he takes concepts and does them just so, so much better and so much more deeply than other writers do and the superhero team isn't a um isn't a you know it's 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 basically the biggest trope there is of comic books yeah and but I, I feel like the way he introduced them particularly in this in this collection this uh, graphic novel um you get to the all the way to the end of the first issue and you got no clue who they are and then the next five issues are individual backstories of each character and that's yeah. that's that's brave that's brave because the first issue was like what is going on i didn't feel completely immersed but by the end of the backstories of every character golden gale barbalian slam kona weird and madam dragonfly the the they all had their own their own issue yeah and by the Definitely. end of that you were like oh my goodness i need to see these as a team and then the book ends, and it's like, 
Oh, you got me again, Jeff Lemire. You got me again. I really enjoyed Golden Girl and Abe Slam's backstories. Yeah. Um, Abe Slam especially because um, when Black Hammer does come out, it's like, you should probably retire. I'm just like, oh my goodness, this just, he just, why is it? Like, why? Yeah. Like, 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 Abe Slam still got it, you know? I felt like Abe Slam was sort of Hulk Hogan-esque, you know? Hulk Hogan, like, actually reminded me of, um, yeah. film, of Mickey York, Mickey Rourke's portrayal of the wrestler. Like, he doesn't want to hang on the cape, but we all know he's getting a bit on, on the older side now. But yeah. you don't want yeah, him to admit it. I, I find... I find superheroes getting old a fascinating concept. It's done really well in stuff like um, Old Man Wolverine or whatever it's called. Um, and then sometimes it's done too much, like um, Old Lady Harley I didn't get on with. But as an idea, I really like it. And this was done way before. And and it's, yeah, I really like the Because, you know, you even in, let's talk about you, you know, you, you and me, no wrestling you go to a, a locker room and you get like a 16 year old kid who um is all flippy and then you get someone like i don't know roughneck who is in his mid 40s uh grizzled vet and you get all sorts in a wrestling locker room and you, you'd get that in a superhero locker room as well right yeah definitely you you 100 percent get that and um, even Golden Girl as well, like the fact that she transforms back into a girl like every single time, and, and it tortures uh, her. Yeah, and there's resistance when she went um, um, in one of the, like, one of the pages. She really didn't want to turn transform because someone who she like was a romantic interest was right there, and she's like, I, I really don't want to do it. And now, of course, it was stuck, and her powers don't work properly anymore. It's just it's just heartbreaking because everybody. Just you see, everybody goes through some hardship, and then um, and that's so fascinating because you, we've seen it the other way around with Shazam, the boy who wants to become the man superhero, but the opposite way around is is so much more interesting. Yep, like loved it. it. I truly fell in love with a lot of the characters as well. I just like I. Even the little thing, like the deaths in it. Um, mm. There was a police officer that was randomly killed when I can't. How do you pronounce uh, the warlock's name? The uh, Baba. I can't. Barbalian. Barbalian. When he arrives, police officer's killed. I feel. I feel really like upset when a police officer's killed. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know why, but I am. I'm like, this is an injustice, and I'm just like, I, I, I can't. There's no reason, but he writes it in such a strong way, if you get what I mean. Yeah, every, I do. I feel like every single sentence is a punch. And, and, and that's perfect comic book writing because it needs to be like... <laughs> Earlier this show, I, I talked about how great Watchmen was, but I'm going to completely contradict myself and say it needs to be brevity, that you need brevity and to keep your your stories tight for a comic book because you have to do essentially very small episodes in the space of 20 or so pages, but get progress your story and... Get keep people still gripped. It's 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 a hard medium to do that, and I think Jeff Lemire is basically the master. Yep, I think he's very good at being to the point while also being very in depth 
with everything from yeah. the characters to the universe. And I'm just like, even the character of Black Hammer, who's not mentioned that much for obvious reasons. But like, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm just like, even that, even that, like, everything around it is just 100% to the point. But yet, yeah, you just, you can breathe it all in without feeling overwhelmed. I'd agree with that. It's, I mean, the thing is, I went into this book expecting to love it because I love the writer, but I, I was blown away again. Um, to, I've read two blooming, brilliant books this week, and um, th- th- this, this is something that happens so frequently that I like everything that I'm reading, and it, it becomes very difficult because I want to read the rest of Black Hammer, I want to read the rest of Low, but you only have a finite amount of time, you know? Yeah, that's been my problem. Like, I only have most of my train journeys, going to shows, going to work, mm. things like that, only last 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And, you know, I'm putting in, I'll have like, um, I don't know, some music in the background I'm reading through. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, oh, you're now Bethnal Green. Oh, I have to get off here. I'm, I'm home. And I'm just like, I won't be able to re-immerse myself in this universe until I'm back on this train again the next day. Yeah, I, I, I find it really difficult to read at, read at night now. I used to always read in bed before I went to sleep. But by the time I end up in bed, because I've been so busy, I just, my head hits the pillow and I'm out cold. Yep. So I have to put time aside to read now rather than know I've got a little bit of time every day at the end of the day. I'm so pooped that it's almost impossible to read in bed now. Yeah, yeah, all all like, I can I've do had to change on, my lifestyle. All I can do now is put on like a, like YouTube or like a Brooklyn Nine Nine and watch mm. it asleep because I can't emotionally invest myself into reading because I'll fall asleep within minutes, and yeah. then I'll have to remember where I was and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, great. So like, I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of audiobooks for that reason as well. Yeah, me too. Have you been listening to the Wolverine podcast? I haven't. No. Oh, it's free. It's on Spotify and it's well good. Uh, David Armitage plays uh, Wolverine. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, just type Wolverine podcast into Spotify. The The full series one is there and series two is uh, episodic weekly. It's well good. Well worth a look. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, a bit, bit of a uh, tangent tornado, though. But do you, do you have anything else you want to say about Black Hammer? Um, I'm trying to... I think we've covered everything, but we're both going on that tangent. Mm. Um, I think that the setting of it is perfect. The being the black hammer, being like the farm, um, yeah. and how everyone is sort of stuck on that farm, and the story and the premise about it. It's all, it's all very. I wouldn't say it's cliched, but it's very trope it's very taken from tropes but twisted and manipulated yeah. in different ways yeah and i think that that is if that's his style that's the way he does things he does it yeah. really well yeah absolutely also the name sherlock frankenstein's amazing it is <laughs> well quite well alex it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show thank you so much for joining me i hope you've had a lot of fun i've had a blast and i do want to come back eventually hopefully well, we will definitely have you back. Fraser is back, like, in a couple of weeks. But um, next time Fraser's off gallivanting, I would love to have you back, mate. I'll, I'd, I'd actually love to do a big podcast with um, yourself and Ollie. 
and just do Marvel and cool. hear and hear, I just want to hear Ollie geek out about Marvel. We could do that. We could do like a special or something. We could. That would be absolutely amazing. Yes. Hold we that thought. Hold that thought. Brilliant. Well, thanks again, Alex. Thanks uh, for having me. And next up, it's time for this. Whoa. Oh, oh, it's like he's in the studio. But he's not. He's still in America. However, he's back in a couple of weeks. But let's not talk about Fraser. Let's talk about Pull or Pass. Pull or Pass is sponsored by Travelling Man. I have my pull at Travelling Man in Manchester, but they also have stores in York, Newcastle and Leeds as well. Travelling Man are your local comic book store and they are brilliant. They've always looked after us here at Geek of the Week and at the moment they're celebrating the moon landing this month and they've got three for two on selected books and 20% off selected board games that are kind of space and moon related. Now, I mentioned the term pull whilst talking about the lovely folk at Travelling Man. And I'm going to quickly explain what pull is. We want to make sure that if this is your first episode, you know what we're talking about. However, if this is your 41st episode, you do know what we're talking about. So, you know, just bear with me. Your pull is essentially a um, casual subscription service run by your local comic book store. You... Go to your comic book store, you buy number one of anything you like, uh, or indeed any comic book, and they may ask you if you want to put it on your pull. And your pull is, they have a load of comic books behind the counter that they save for their customers. It's like a subscription service, but a lot more casual. You don't have to give them a direct debit or anything, and you can go in when you like. You can go in weekly and collect your pull. You can go in fortnightly. You can go in monthly, on payday, whatever. But they'll always keep back a copy of that particular title and you have your pull list with your local comic book store like I say my pull list is with Travelling Man in Manchester so this part of the show we have a look at three books and we decide whether or not we're going to put them on our pull or we're going to pass on them for the time being and this week Marvel had six not one not two not three six new titles that were number ones and we normally do three i looked at all the other publishers and i was like do you know what i'm just going to do marvel but i still had to pick half of what marvel were releasing that month so unfortunately i won't be looking at fearless the history of the marvel universe or web of venom but they were all number ones this week and you should they should still have them in your local comic book shop if you are interested in that but what i am going to look at is Swordmaster, house of x and valkyrie Let's have a quick look at Swordmaster first. And immediately when you open your Swordmaster book, it is very much a manga style, in a similar vein to Aero was a couple of weeks ago. And for me, when you read manga, or at least something that looks like manga, it feels a little bit odd reading left to right rather than right to left like you normally would. And it made me think of when Akira was translated into English, because Akira, they flipped it. They flipped the um, the pictures so that you could read it left to right, but it meant that everything was a little bit odd. So all of their characters were left-handed, for example. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a lefty myself, but either, you know, this apocalyptic world, everyone ends up being left-handed. Maybe there's some kind of, like, weird, weird thing where some experiment means that everyone ends up being left-handed rather than right. But, you know, so... Akira was slightly problematic for that reason, but it looks like this has been 
It doesn't look like it's a flip. It doesn't look like it's a flip like Akira was. Because, you know, he holds the sword in his right hand and stuff. Talking about swords. Title's called Swordmaster. It's it, as good as the story is. He doesn't do no swashbuckling. He doesn't do any fighting. He hardly uses the sword. And that's... <laughs> it's a bit disappointing, really. And, um... The book split into two halves. The one is his solo story, and uh, I just want to uh, big up to Cheng's hair in that. His mate Cheng has got amazing hair. That's the first half, and it, like I say, it was a good story, but not enough swordplay. The second half is a um, story alongside Shang-Chi, who is obviously quite big at the moment because of the film. And um, it's it, the, second, the second story is quite cool. It's like a self-contained little story. Or at least you think it is until there's a um, until there's a cliffhanger, and it's a very classic master and trainee mentor kind of story, and I liked that a little bit more than the uh, the main swordmaster story. But all in all, I, I like this book, and I think it's great that it exists, and I will probably take another look at it some point in trade. But again, like Arrow, it's it was fun, but. I've got a, a full pull list, so for the time being, it's a pass, despite the fact that I quite liked it. Next up is House of X, and um, on the front cover there's um, a guy who's walking with a big helmet with an X over the eyes. In my head, I thought that was Cyclops. It isn't, it's Professor X. So it turns out that I've missed quite a lot of what's going on with the X-Men. And this was a very, very different take. It's a new take on the X-Men, and it's, it's, it's interesting. It is interesting, and I really liked the white information pages that were kind of, like, taken off a computer, like full-page spreads, but they weren't art, per se. They were, like, information pages of all the alpha mutants and things like that. And at the back, it said that it was two stories that are one with powers of X, which means that you can read all of them together as a long story that, that um, is intertwined. But you can read House of X and Powers of X separately as their own separate titles, which is quite clever. And I'm interested to see how that works. But for me, it was a little bit too alien. It's it's almost like um, something inspired by the X-Men rather than a continuation. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But um, as a self-contained thing, I think it's another one that I will probably at some point check out on trade. But I, I won't be adding to my pull. And finally, flails are cool. We're going to be talking about Valkyrie, and um, she's got this very cool kind of psychic electro flail thing that I was really impressed with, and I, it's just a weapon that a medieval weapon that I really like. And the Valkyrie thing—it's there's such a great character history with Jane, Fon Jane Fonda, Jane Foster taking the role, and also referring back to Brunhilde and all the other Valkyries that we've had—and that's great. And I think it's important to acknowledge the history, but also move on, which I'm not so sure House of X did. And halfway through the story, someone gets Brunhilde's old sword, and it looks like Bullseye, and I was like, "That's not Bullseye, is it?" And then, of course, sorry, spoilers, at the end of the book, the cliffhanger is that, yep, Bullseye has got one of the most powerful weapons in all of ever. And he's there on his winged horse, wielding Brunhilde's sword, being Bullseye with an incredibly powerful weapon. And I, I'm a sucker for someone else's baddies turning up in... 
in another comic book. So, you know, everybody sees Bullseye as a daredevil bad guy. But here he is fighting Valkyrie, and they've given him a huge increase in power level to make him work against Valkyrie by giving him Brunhilde's old sword. And I'll tell you what, I'm really, really excited to see what they do with this. So, out of all of them, this was one I was like, well, I'll try it. But this is the one that is a pull for me. I'm going to be adding Valkyrie to my pull list. And that's all we've got time for here on Geek of the Week this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you again, Alex, for being my very special guest host. Next week, we're going to be doing a music show where it'll be pre-recorded because I'm away on Scout Camp with my Scout group. So I'm going to pre-record a music show where I'll just be playing songs from TV and film to do with comic books. And the week after that, we have got Fraser back. So it'll be Fraser and me geeking out, catching up and having a jolly old time. So thank you very much for joining us on Geek of the Week. I've been Mark. I've had a fab time. I hope you have too. And we'll see you next time on Geek of the Week. Great Scots! It's been almost an hour. What the devil are they doing? Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Thanks for listening to Geek of the Week. Be sure to tune in next week. Same Geek time, same Geek channel. And if you want to follow us on social media, it's at GOTW Radio on Twitter. Search for Geek of the Week Radio Show on Facebook. And to listen again, it's www.mixcloud.com forward slash Geek of the Week Radio Show.